Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Dan DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, and uh, thank you so much for joining me here on uh, this podcast. Once again, as always, uh, it is uh, a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, and uh, I'm always joined by my friend Ann DeSantis as our co-host, as my co-host, and uh, it's just a pleasure to have you joining us uh, today, no matter where you're listening from. Um, so, Ann, how are you this morning? Oh, great. Oh, great. I'm still loving fall. <laughs> What's yeah. not to like? You know, yeah. it's like 60 something degrees or whatever the past few days. Right. Right. It's absolutely <laughs> uh, it's it, it's been 70 here in Wisconsin, which is insane. That's a, that it's mm. that warm at this time. Normally we're getting ready for the great Arctic chill up here and it's just uh, cooling off. But as uh, as the TV show says, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, so. So uh, anyway, and uh, we, I know you have a wonderful guest uh, with us today, so why don't you uh, tell us about her? Yes, I want to welcome Nikki Verna. She's right here from the greater Philadelphia area, and she has a wonderful bio that I love to read to all of you because uh, she's multi-talented. Uh, and so I'd also like to thank my friend Heather Makowitz, who is a former guest of Sewing Hope and is the reason why Nikki is with us today. So Nikki is a Catholic wife of 26 years to her deacon husband, Tom, and mother to their four young, uh, young adult children. She entered into the fullness of the Catholic faith in 1992 at the age of 25 and has been studying and learning and growing in her Catholic faith ever since. She recently graduated cum laude from a master's degree in theology from St. Charles Borromeo Seminary School of Theological Studies. She's a daily communicant and a member of St. Mary Magdalene Parish, where she is a catechist in the prep program, facilitates adult faith formation and scripture studies, occasionally lectures, and is an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. She is a substitute teacher for area Catholic grade schools, a Catholic speaker whenever invited, a prayer intercessor for Unbound, Queen of the Rosary Ministry, and a host for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia Rosary Campaign. I knew you looked familiar, uh, Nikki. Nikki is also a leader and regional trainer for Soul Corps, a Marian prayer apostolate, which combines movement, core strengthening, and functional exercises with the prayers of the rosary. And you can learn about her work with Soul Corps at soulcore.com. You really do have an extensive background and uh, so proud of all the work that you're doing. And I said you looked familiar because my husband and I partake in the Archdiocese Rosary, and I have seen you before. So I knew I saw you from someplace, right? Yeah, I get around sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're so blessed. So tell us first, we'd love to hear your faith story. I see in your bio that you became a Catholic in the early 1990s. So tell us yeah. what was life before, like before and after that time. Well, I grew up in media, Pennsylvania with my mom. 
and I have a younger sister. She was divorced. Uh, I think I was around the age four. Um, I believe she was still pregnant with my sister when she divorced. Uh, so I actually never met my biological father. She soon after that um, met a gentleman named Gus and married him in 1975. My, uh, he was my stepfather. He grew up as a Catholic, but was not a practicing Catholic. Um, and so my mom and my sister and I, we were not practicing in any faith. Uh, I was baptized, I think at the age of three, but never formally practiced anything. I don't remember ever going to church or even praying as a family, none of that. So I, I don't know, by the grace of God, I just lived my life as a, you know, a non-religious person with my mom and my sister. And going forward, I was very captivated by my dad's mom. She was a very faith-filled Catholic. Her name was Trudy. And she was a little tiny Italian woman and she went to church all the time. And she was a Eucharistic minister and she helped out at the Little Sisters of the Poor. And I just remember as a, a little girl always being just, you know, enthralled by her. And she used to, when we left her house, she would make the sign of the cross on our forehead and she would say, God bless you. And I never really knew what that meant, but I always wanted her to do that for me. So fast forward through high school, um, I met a, a young man in college who was a Catholic and he would sporadically go to mass on Sundays on campus. And I remember one time just asking him if I could go. And he was like, yeah, I guess you could go. I, you're not Catholic, but I guess they let you in. So, so I went to mass a few times with him and I just remember sitting there, not really knowing what was going on and just being just blown away by just the way that people prayed and everybody knew what was going on. And they just kind of followed this routine that I was really just drawn to. So after college, I looked up in my local Catholic church, how to become a Catholic. I went through RCIA at Nativity BVM and Media, this beautiful little church with Sister Eleanor Cecilia and became a Catholic, entered fully into the Catholic faith in 1992. Um, at that point, I had met another young man, Tom, who would be my husband. So he was actually at my coming into the church, whatever you call that. Like I was confirmed and received Eucharist all the same day as an adult. I think there was like four of us. So he was actually at my coming into the church mass liturgy. Um, and so we were married shortly after that, about two years after that. And I mean, we were Catholic, but we weren't really practicing. We weren't going to mass religiously. Um, he had been away from the church for a very long time and we kind of just grew together in our faith. But then once we had children, we decided to enroll them in Catholic school. And I think when my oldest was in first grade, we really started to buckle down and we made a commitment to Monsignor Chifo to, uh, you know, attend mass on a regular basis and be just be com more committed to the church. So it really was my children who reignited that, you know, spark in my life. And since then we've just been on a roller coaster. So mm. that's it in a short, concise little nutshell. <laughs> beautiful. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> I'll second that. I, I love to hear stories like yours. Not that there's anything exactly like your story, but uh, it's, it's wonderful yeah. to hear how people uh, who weren't raised in the faith and then have like a God moment, right? Where you, yeah, and you I can't I moment. can't pinpoint it specifically, but looking back, I think it was my grandmother who really, mm. you know, just put that little spark in 
in my soul. And she was actually my sponsor when I was received into the church. So that was a really beautiful thing. But I think the best part of this whole story is that after I was confirmed in the church, my sister also came into the church maybe about seven or eight years later. But then the more amazing thing is my mother came into the church about seven years ago. She just called me out of the blue and said, um, would you be my sponsor? I think I want to be a Catholic. Wow. And if you could put me on the floor with a feather, I would have just been laid out. So I went through the RCIA program with her and she became um, a Catholic. And even better than that, my dad, um, so I told you he was my stepfather. He actually adopted my sister and I when we were in high school. Um, so he's, he's always been my dad. He, like I said, was a fallen away Catholic. He came back to the church after 50 years of being away. He made um, his holy confession with Monsignor Chifo after 50 years. And my parents were married again in the church during Holy Week before my mother was received. So they had a sacramental marriage and um, it was just a beautiful thing. So now, you know, we all go to mass as a family, which is just the most beautiful thing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. And, uh, and you know, the sometimes it's the it's the witness, right? I mean, I mean, you know, in, in your case, in your children's case, it's the same. You know, it was like, OK, uh, you know, children witnessing to their parents, uh, you know, how much. God, God loves them through the, through the Catholic church. And, exactly. uh, and, and wow. I mean, what a, what a cool, what a cool story. I mean, I, I, I've been a youth minister for many years, uh, or was a youth minister for many years, at least 10 out here in, in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. And I always used to tell people, I used to tell the students, I said, you know, I was working with a lot of high schoolers and I would say to them all the time, they were in 11th grade and they were getting confirmed. I said, I said, there is no excuse for you you know, to miss mass. I mean, if you're on fire for Christ, you know, and your parents aren't, I said, make them on fire for Christ. I said, I guarantee you, if you go into their bedroom at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, and you say, mom and dad, I want to go to church. They're going to take you to church. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I, you know, I, I, uh, I always, you know, tell, tell young people that, you know, putting, putting their faith out there is, is important and it can, and it can impact hearts. It can impact heart. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how old of a kid you are. You know, it doesn't matter how old of a kid you are. It can impact hearts. Uh, if you just witness, if you just witness the faith and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm living this. I want to live this. I want to be this. And and that's so cool. Yeah. And isn't there a scripture passage that says, let the children lead them? Yeah, there is. It's absolutely. <laughs> what happened in my case. That's so cool. Yeah. Speaking of that, I know that you are actually going to be doing that today. Tell us about your yes. work as, as a teacher, because I know that's part of what you do with all the different uh, aspects of your career and your life. Yes. So my husband was ordained as a permanent deacon just this past June, and he was assigned to St. Um, Andrew the Apostle Church in Drexel Hill. <clears throat> and being a deacon's wife, I just went to the Monsignor and said, if there's anything I can do to help you in your parish, I would love to do that. And he pretty much said, can you substitute teach? And I said, okay. And so I've been on the list. Apparently, I feel like I'm the only one on the list because they call me quite often. But it's been such a joy to be in a Catholic school and just leading these children. They're, they're beautiful. They're hungry. They just want to love Jesus. And it's just, just been such a beautiful experience for me going back into you know a classroom after many, many years and uh, just seeing the the light in their eyes and just talking to them about Jesus. It's just been, it's been a joy for me. I mean, I feel bad taking a paycheck from them because I have so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It must be great to be around kids too. And knowing that you're doing something so good because 
Uh, I understand substitute teaching too. Uh, we won't get into that whole long story, but I've done it before <laughs> and it's not it's an easy job. job. <laughs> I have to give those teachers credit. I mean, to do that day after day after day, it's, it's mm -hmm. a tough, tough job. It's exhausting really, but it's very fulfilling and it's been a beautiful experience for me. And not only have you been a teacher, but you've been learning too, because you graduated cum laude with your master's degree in theology from St. Charles Borromeo Seminary of a school of theological studies. That's, that is wonderful. Tell us about that experience. Yeah. I remember in the throes of motherhood when the kids were all little, I think maybe I had just had the fourth baby and literally, I know you know this experience and you'll go into the bathroom just to go be quiet for like a minute before they find you. So I kept in like on the bookshelf, some like brochures and stuff that I wanted to look at. So one of them was a brochure from St. Charles and it talked about, you know, going back to school and it just made it seem so beautiful. And I thought, oh, I will never be able to do that. I have no time. Um, I can't take my time away from the kids. So that sat on my bookshelf for many, many, many years. And so fast forward probably to like 2013, my husband came to me and he literally said to me, um, I think God's calling me to be a deacon. And I said, hmm. what? What are you talking about? And he said, I really think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a deacon. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? And he was like, no. He goes, I already signed us up. And I said, wait, you signed us up? What does that mean? And he said, well, we're just going to go to an informational meeting and see what they have to say. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, you're all right. You're all right with that, right? And I said, I'm absolutely fine with that. In fact, I'm really excited about that. And he said, I knew you would be in. So I didn't really ask you. We're just going to go. <laughs> and that's very typical of my husband. He'll just say, all right, this is what we're doing. So we went to the informational meeting at mm. the seminary and it was a bunch of men and their wives. And they talked about what the program entailed, what, um, what being a permanent deacon meant for the church and what it would mean for, you know, the men, for the marriage, for the women, for the families. And so we were all in. So we signed up and this was actually when there was a changing of the bishop coming. Um, it was changing over from Archbishop Bregali to Archbishop Chaput. So it was kind of a lag time in there. They stopped the program just for a year. So we were kind of caught in that wait period. So we waited literally three years to start the program. But then once we got in with the new Archbishop, he had changed the rules and said, if the wives would like to take the classes for credit, they would also be able to attain the master's uh, degree. And so I was like, wow. wow, you mean I can get a master's degree for something I'm going to participate in anyway? So my husband and I both went through the program for the credit. And many of the men just go through, you know, to become a deacon and, you know, they get the schooling and whatnot, but they don't receive the degree at the end. So, you know, he and I studied together. It was a beautiful time to be together as a couple. We would travel over in the car and, you know, just talk theology. And it was kind of like, theology date night for us. So every Wednesday night for seven years, we would travel back and forth to the seminary, take classes. We would participate in workshops on Saturdays. And it was just a beautiful, very sacrificial time for our family. I mean, we, we did spend a lot of time away from our kids, but in the long run, I think it really drew our family so much closer together. And we're just a tight knit family. And Actually, when we finished the program, the kids were kind of sad because they enjoyed having Wednesday nights to themselves. But, <laughs> so now we're all done. And so it's been really beautiful. I mean, I, I can't imagine all the information that I learned 
I thought that I knew what I was talking about before, but I really didn't know anything. And it's like that saying, you know, the more you know, the more you don't think you know, or whatever that saying is. So I thought I knew, but I didn't really know anything. So there's so much beauty in, in the Catholic Church, and there's so much to learn and to love and to appreciate. And I think it just brought us, you know, definitely closer to Christ and just made our family, you know, so much more close and closer to Christ in the end. Yeah, that's, that, that's totally beautiful. I mean, what an amazing story um, of, uh, of uh, you know, commitment to one another and commitment to the, to, to the church. I mean, that's, you know, that's such a beautiful story. And what a great grace it is that in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, you can go through, um, you know, the, the diaconate preparation with your husband so closely and be able to get a master's degree. Um, yeah. You know, that is that is a huge, um, a huge bonus. I mean, I think a lot of uh, families and a lot of uh, men and women that are, you know, married and married couples would just, you know, be absolutely like, I want to do this because, yeah. uh, you know, I. I'm sure it's attracted people to the diaconate and it's also attracted a, a group of holy women, I'm sure, uh, that, that, that now are educated in their faith and educated, um, and, and, and ready to serve alongside their husbands. Right. I mean, that, I mean, do, do you both see that, you know, maybe just talk a little about the diaconate ministry. I know you're both new to it. Um, but, but maybe talk a little bit about that. And, and, and are, do you, do, do you feel yoked together in that ministry? Even though, I mean, only, you know, one can be ordained, only your husband can be ordained husband can be ordained, but, but do you feel yoked together in that, in that service, in that ministry? Yeah, it's a, it's been a beautiful calling. We as a couple have to agree to, you know, be dedicated to the church and me as a wife, I kind of have to submit myself to the church. I mean, she, my husband is married to the church, so I'm, I'm considered a mistress now, <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the second woman. So the church will always come first and I have to be ready to, you know, offer myself sacrificially to the church so that my husband can serve in the way that he's been called to serve and as an ordained permanent deacon. So there's been some times when, you know, we've had to do things separately. He has some commitments at the church and, you know, I'll attend to the family or whatever is going on. And I have to be ready for that just as any wife of a deacon has to be ready. But it's been very beautiful. We're getting ready to begin an RCIA program um, facilitate that at St. Andrews. So I'm really excited about that. And Tom said, you know, you know, would you do that with me? And I was like, absolutely. I'm all, all into that. Mm -hmm. So we're beginning to do that. I've been present when he's uh, been able to baptize. Um, and I can really participate as much as I like, depending on what the pastor, you know, needs us to do. So it's been beautiful really to do as a couple. We, um, we have been at benediction uh, Tom does benediction on Tuesday night. So I've been allowed to, you know, just not, not be on the altar, but kind of help in preparation of that. I was also able to prepare a, a day of retreat for the first Holy Communion class here at St. Andrews. They received their Holy Communion in May. So Tom and I did a little day of preparation for them in, um, you know, a week before they were receiving their first penance and their Holy Communion. So that was a beautiful time. I gave him assignments to do in the church. And um, so that was really nice. So we can do as much as we want together as a couple. But of course, he has other commitments that he also is responsible for in the church. And it really is a beautiful way to come together as a couple. Um, and really, I have the final say in the, in the sign off at the end of the diaconate formation. If I don't say, you know, yes, church, you can have them, then it doesn't happen. 
Wow. So, Oh, I didn't know that. I love to hear this. I'm sure that your grandmother is watching down over you and she's uh, very proud of yeah. you. That's just kind of came upon me as we're uh, talking there. Uh, yes. So incredible. Uh, now we have a lot to talk about too, about something called soul core and it, you're very involved with it. And so you are a regional trainer and a leader. So tell us what is soul core? Yes. Um, Soul Core is a beautiful prayer apostolate. It's a Marian prayer apostolate, which combines uh, movement, functional exercises with the beauty of the rosary. So through a class, a one hour class, we'll pray an entire rosary and we will concentrate on the virtues uh, of the mysteries. And it's just a beautiful way to involve your body, your mind and your spirit um, and just growing closer to Christ through Mary and just growing in the love of the rosary. It's been such a beautiful way to, you know, offer prayers and bring community, especially during this time of COVID. We've been Zooming classes since March, and uh, I think we've done close to 200 classes. There's mm -hmm. been a small group of women who've been, they just keep logging on to that Zoom, and we pray the rosary. We offer intercessory prayer. And I've heard back from many of the women that it's been a really great time to just be together, but not physically be together because a lot of them are not ready to, you know, be in close contact again. So, um, but Soul Corps has been a really beautiful ministry for me. And just because I, I love it so much and uh, I do have a background in exercise, it just seemed natural for me to do. Uh, I do love the rosary and to put those two together has really been kind of a, like a no brainer, mm -hmm. but just a beautiful way to incorporate the rosary and exercise together. Yeah, the website looks really, really awesome. Uh, again, it's soulcore.com. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's also, I mean, there's DVDs and, and stuff that you can uh, do from home too. And I mean, there's just a really neat, um, a really neat uh, website. And of course, you know, incorporating the rosary into uh, movement and exercise. Uh, I, 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 I don't exercise nearly as much as I should. Um, but, um, but <laughs> who does, <laughs> but, but, but the times that I do, uh, I often find myself, you know, like praying the rosary on, on, uh, the, you know, the treadmill or the bike. Uh, so, but, but this adds a whole new element to it, like where you're, you know, incorporating the movements and things like that into it. And, um, you know, I, maybe you want to talk a little bit about, about this, what, what that entails, like, what is the, what is the move? What is the movement? What is the exercise? Um, you know, yeah. as, I mean, as Catholics, we, you know, kind of don't like to talk about yoga and those other and those other things that are that are not necessarily, uh, you know, Catholic. Exactly. So. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the movement and, and you know, because because women can find and, and men too can find, um, you know, mm -hmm. prayer in movement. I mean, that's that's part of who we are. We're, you know, pilgrim people. We move and pray. So talk a little bit about exactly. that. Exactly. So um, there is there's been a law, a long history of yoga in our area. And soul core wasn't, you know, kind of thought of as an alternative to yoga, but it is a Catholic. Um, it's fully supported by all of our Catholic faith. It's very theological in its base. And not that you want to compare it to yoga, but it is a beautiful alternative to what yoga offers to people. Um, and some of the core differences between yoga and soul core is that we first and foremost are a prayer apostolate based in Christ. We're Christocentric. Everything that we do is because we're filled with Christ. 
And a lot of times when you'll attend a yoga class, they'll, I mean, I've heard them say, just empty yourself, be empty of all things. And anytime we empty ourselves, it just leaves our soul open for things that we don't want to enter it. You know, the evil one is always prowling around waiting for an empty soul to inhabit. So we want to make sure in the beginning of every soul core class to be filled first and foremost with Christ. So we always come from the basis of Jesus. And just the way that we pray through the rosary, um, there's specific um, moves that we'll do for each Hail Mary. Um, you know, in the beginning is kind of a strength area for the, for the Our Fathers. We try to incorporate some push-ups. So, but the whole thing is just kind of an invitation. I mean, Mary is always gently leading us to Christ. She's always inviting us to get closer to her son. So this is just a way to be invited to just be open to whatever Christ is calling you to do in that particular moment. And maybe one day you can do one thing, the next day you can't. So it's just a gentle invitation. And the moves that are offered during the, during the Hail Marys are always just suggestions. You know, I always say, if you don't like what I'm doing, just do what you want. You know, any move is better than, you know, just sitting on the couch, eating a bag of chips. <laughs> so I think it's just a beautiful way, first of all, to incorporate the rosary into your into your prayer life, to grow in the virtues that are associated with the mysteries of the rosary. And before I before I discovered Soul Core, I never knew anything about virtue and, and anything like that. So to be able to identify a mystery of the rosary with a specific virtue kind of allows you to put that into practice in your own life. So maybe we might not be able to relate to being crucified on a cross. But we can relate to, you know, being repentant and sorrowful for our sins or, you know, being obedient to Christ or growing in patience. So those are some things that you can incorporate during the class and then, you know, further contemplate them in your life, you know, on a daily basis. And that's all we're really trying to do is just bring people closer to Christ. And through Mary, it's just a beautiful way to do it. I think it's really amazing because as Catholics, we are body, mind, and spirit, right? Just Absolutely. Just yes. as the world talks about it too. Uh, and, and I love that soul core is rooted in faith. Uh, you know, you mentioned something that yoga is very prevalent. I don't think just in the Villanova area, I think all over the place. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it is very, very uh, prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't think many people know what you said about, uh, especially Catholics. You know, it's one thing just if anybody wants yeah. to do yoga, that's different, but I exactly. mean, but as a Catholic, um, mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit more about why this is so much different? I mean, I know you mentioned the whole idea that emptying yourself when you do yoga, but this is different because it's centered on Christ and on prayer and and on the, the rosary. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would have to share about that? The different Because I'm sure you've come upon clients that used to do yoga maybe, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. A lot of leaders will, will make that transition after just, you know, contemplating what yoga offers. Now, yoga comes from an Eastern philosophy of polytheism. So many gods, there's a God for everything. Um, and that's, so that's a very different basis. So we are first and foremost, you know, our monotheistic one God theological basis is what really roots, you know, so core in, in the Catholic faith. So think about that. I mean, that's, that's a huge that's a huge difference. And not that yoga in and of itself is, is bad. I mean, there are beautiful yoga poses or postures that they use that are very beneficial to the body. It's that spirit side that really is 
um, you know, somewhat dangerous. And for people who don't know about that, and they go into a yoga class and start, you know, opening up their mind and their mind's eye. And I, I actually have never attended a yoga class. So something in my spirit just never clicked with yoga. Um, I've been an exercise instructor for 30 And I was never drawn to yoga for some reason. You know, now I know that it was absolutely God who was just gracing me and keeping me away from that. But I see people who start to, you know, hear different things in yoga that give them things to think about that really aren't based, you know, in our Catholic faith. And that's, it's kind of a scary thing. Um, so what we'll do in Soul Corps is we don't use any yoga terminology. There's no yoga postures mentioned. Um, you know, for instance, in my class, there is, there is a posture called the downward dog in a yoga, and I'm sure everyone knows that. It's, it's a great stretching, um, you know, movement. In, in the soul core class, we, we actually practice that movement. However, it's not called downward dog. I call it the posture of the blessed trinity. It's a triangle. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And for you to do that same movement, but to call to mind the blessed trinity gives you a whole new frame of reference, and it just deepens your faith so much more appropriately. Yeah than calling it something that doesn't really belong to Christ. Um, so that's kind of an example of what we do. There are other reasons why um, yoga is not really in alignment with the Catholic faith. And it's probably that polytheistic mentality that you know, most people would identify with. Um, so, that's, so that's it really. And the postures itself, we don't call, like I said, anything by their yoga posture names, but we just explain the movements as it happens. So instead of calling it by a name, you just would say, open up your heart to the Lord, lift your chest up towards the sky and, and feel yourself being drawn to the Lord. So everything is focused on just being drawn to the Lord, you know, and what would Mary do in a position like this? So mm. we just try to keep it very close to Christ. Yeah. Because and, first and foremost, it is a prayer apostolate. And, you know, that that's a great start. And folks, I, you know, I, that, that it starts with prayer. I mean, it ends with prayer and, and it's bringing the body into that in a, in, in a way that uplifts the dignity of the person. You know what I mean? That's, that's the other thing. Like, you know, I was, exactly. I just yes. had this, I just had this image of, of, uh, I, it was like the, um, it was like the, the, the image of, uh, like, you know, Lazarus, Lazarus having, you know, the dogs lick his wounds and all this stuff. And, and here, and here, yeah. like, like where, like, like, why would you want, why would you want dogs doing that? What, don't you want Christ doing that? Don't you want Christ doing that? Uh, and, exactly. know, and, and helping you do that. And uh, why would you want to go downward when we right. always want to go upward? upward. We never exactly. want to go down. We want to go up. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's so beautiful. I mean, I, folks, I want to let you know too, that this is, you know, endorsed uh, by, by, you know, top you know, Catholic outlets, right? I mean, National Catholic Register, Altia, U Catholic, Catholic TV, uh, EWTN. I mean, this, this is the real deal. Um, so if you're, if you're looking for, um, a, a Catholic exercise or, or, um, you know, and, and also to grow in your spirituality, if you're looking for that, um, you know, and, and maybe you have, have tried yoga in the past, or maybe you have, you know, doesn't check out soul core. It's very, very simple soulcore.com uh and and uh you know you'll i i think you know and now is this nationwide is this a nationwide um you know movement are there other different places all over the country that you can tap into or or do you kind of yeah get the DVD actually it was it was formed by two women who live in indiana deanne and colleen 
And they just came together. They were two friends who attended daily mass. One had an inspiration from the Holy Spirit to, you know, incorporate exercise in the prayers of the rosary. So they, you know, started working on things that happened like in 2012. They put out the first DVD in 2014 and then just started certifying other leaders to, you know, offer soul core in different areas. So I think right now, maybe about 150 leaders across the United States. If you go to the soul core website, um, there is a place that you can search for classes based on your area. Um, so that's where I come in. We didn't always have leaders in this area. As far as I knew, I was the only one. And there was one other one maybe in Philadelphia. So I went to Colleen and uh, Deanne and said, would you be interested in, um, you know, me training some leaders in this area? So they were all for that. So we just had a leader training at the beginning of October and um, certified 10 leaders in this area, a few from New Jersey, a couple from, you know, the Pennsylvania Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And one lady flew in from Florida. So, I mean, people are serious about, you know, committing to this ministry and, and bringing it to others. So, you know, mm -hmm. little by little, it's kind of coming out. It's kind of word of mouth. It's not, not advertised very, you know, big. I do know that um, St. Joseph's Press, or I think they just changed their name, whatever it is. They do offer the DVD. So I know they do some advertising for them. Mm -hmm. But slowly but surely, you know, Mary will make her way out. Our Lady always invites us gently and easily. So she'll get to the ones who she wants to have it. And that's, you know, that's exactly what happened with me. It just came to me through a friend. Mm. Just kind of said, I saw this and I thought maybe it might be interesting to you. And that's how it started for me. So cool. that's incredible. Uh, when you were talking about how that you were involved in uh, teaching exercise and everything, um, that was what I did before I had kids. I was a... Uh, well, remember back in the day, aerobics back in the 80s, oh, yeah. and then I got into a personal Jane training. Fonda and yeah. Right, mm -hmm. all of that, all of that. And then yeah. eventually was uh, helping to manage a, a gym right before I had my my first daughter. And uh, so it, it's interesting to me. I, I think yeah. I'd like to hear a lot more and try it out. I'd love to try it out. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, I, how do I do yeah. this? How do I find, can I do it on Zoom? How do I connect with soul core or with you to, to do a class. Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, my classes are all, yeah, my classes are still all on zoom. Um, I offer them sporadically throughout the week based on my schedule. So if anyone would like to be included on my email blast, they can just contact me. Um, it's Nikki at Verna.com. I'll be happy to put you on the distribution list and then you can decide if you want to join the class or not. I just send out a weekly email with a schedule and you know, you can zoom in anytime. I don't, I don't charge anything for the classes, um, especially during this time. I don't think it's, I think it's more important to, you know, be bringing people into community with Christ. Um, so I don't want anyone to be hindered by not being able to afford the class. So, you know, you're welcome to just drop me a little email and I'll put you right on my list and send you out the schedule. No problems. Well, I'm definitely interested. You at least have one right here. So All right. <laughs> I'd love That's to great. try it out. I would. And, um, and I think I've heard about it before. But I'm glad I know what it's called. I mean, I knew that there was something like what you're doing, but I just yeah, I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything else like it, though. Is there? There's not really anything else. I, I haven't really like found this. anything else. Mm -mm, I haven't found anything else like it. Just in googling, you know, there's not nothing out there that I've seen that kind of has, um, you know, this beautiful format. We start first and foremost in prayer, finish in prayer. You know, everything is is very gentle and invitational and. You know, Mary is just doing beautiful things 
in the lives of these women who who attend the classes and they're really feeling connected and and drawing themselves closer to Christ and I hope that whatever I say during the classes I mean I always pray to the Holy Spirit before I um, you know offer a class and I just ask the Lord to just put in my mouth what you want me to say mm. or today and just tell me what the people need to hear and you know hopefully something I say will resonate with them um, but it's never it's never coming from me. It's always coming from the Holy Spirit and, you know, through Our Lady. Mm, praise God. I see that yeah. it's about combining movement and strengthening with functional exercises. Uh, you know, there's a big health benefit there, too. So on top of the spirituality, uh, tell us more about that. Now, would it be good for any, you know, all ages? I mean, would it be for it, women in their 20s, 30s, 40s? I mean, what's the age range that you've seen in these classes? adaptable. Um, I've had, we do classes sometimes in a chair, not that a chair makes it any easier, but it, it gives you an option. It helps people understand that you can modify movements as you are able to do. I had a lady in the very beginning, she was probably in her eighties and, um, she would sign on all the time. And she just, she told me that the benefits that she received physically were just as beautiful as the one she was receiving spiritually. So, I mean, I think adaptable, very adaptable. And, you know, at least what I do at class is I just say, whatever the Lord is allowing you to do at this very moment, you know your body. These are only invitations. No one is pressuring you to do the movement exactly the way I do the movement. So I think people get to understand that they can adapt it according to what their body is allowing them to do. So you just have to go with what you feel. I mean, you have to listen to your body and you have to honor it um, and, and do what's appropriate for you. Like I said, the, the prayer is the most important and the physical aspect is kind of like a bonus, really. I mean, you're going to you're going to develop strength and engage the core and everything that we have. All our strength comes from our core. So if we can build up good, strong abdominal core muscles, supports our back, it supports our shoulders. Everything is, is just generating from the center, which is where our heart is. So if we can build up our heart and our core, everything else is just, you know, comes along for the ride. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, speaking of hearts, too, because Patchwork Heart Ministry uh, was partly formed because of something to do with hearts. Uh, and I don't know if, if Bill has shared that in a while, but um, it, it's uh, it's something that brought the two of us together, too. Right, Bill? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact that, um, you know, all of us have broken hearts in some way, shape, or form. I mean, that's really what the ministry is about. All of us have a broken heart in some way, shape, or form. And so being able to uh, heal your heart uh, is very important. Christ is the divine physician, uh, and he will heal you, uh, especially through the hands of his his mother. Uh, she's a mediatrix of all graces, right? She she uh, is a mediatrix. Yes, amen to that. Um, so so therefore, um, you know, we're able to uh, you know participate in things like soul core, uh, and and what that does is it you know not only um, you know takes the core of our body you know <laughs> and and strengthens it because uh, Lord knows that we need that, uh, and you know just to just to keep up with what what's going on in our world we have to be physically uh, able to do it, uh, but then we also need you know to have to have you know pure hearts exactly. and clean hearts and so and so these two things combining this it's so be it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that you able to combine, 
um, these these things in this prayer movement. And, you know, I really encourage people, maybe you're listening, maybe, you know, you've been on the website, you've maybe thought about getting a DVD or whatever, um, but 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 reach out and, um, and and figure out where you can get, you know, trained as a leader if you're interested in bringing it to your community or bringing it into your parish. Uh, this is a great alternative. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember in some of the parishes I was in, uh, you know, they would, they would have a yoga class and man, I wish I'd be able to just give this, you know, a DVD to somebody say, here, teach this instead. Um, where, yeah, exactly. Because there's, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, I think that's one of the big things. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, there's been, you know, Christianized yoga or, you know, whatever, but it's, but it's not this. And so, um, you know, having an alternative to be able to participate, bring your whole body and your whole spirituality into something, um, and, and, and get well on, on, on the physical end and also get well spiritually. And yeah. so, um, that, you know, that's, that's awesome. And, uh, exactly. and, and Nikki, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thanks so much for, you know, undertaking that, uh, you know, you know, unique area. It's a very unique area of, of the Catholic of the Catholic world, right? I mean, you know, not, you know, not everybody does this. So, so it's a uh, very unique area that you've committed yourself to, to doing. And so thank you for that commitment. And, um, you know, I encourage people to reach out to you, um, to, 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 uh, you know, get, get in touch with you and get, uh, get well. Yeah. I love it too, Bill. I mean, everything that you said, I echo and, and I've been nodding, you know, like, yeah, I'm in agreement. <laughs> Uh, it's it's just incredible, and you have me so interested in in learning more for my own uh, spirituality and health too. Uh, I notice also that you are involved in something called the Unbound Ministry, and it's <laughs> funny because my husband and I now this was a long time ago, but we know Neil Lozano, uh, the person who wrote the book, and also we went through the training. Yeah, way, way back when my husband and I it's went an awesome through the book. training. Training, mm -hmm. I guess it was um, probably about at least oh, did? years ago. Oh, yeah, awesome. we did. Yes. So tell us more about that with your yeah. experience. Cause I know not only have you done that, but you also mentioned that you're a, a, an extraordinary minister and elector. So, I mean, you're really immersing yourself in spirituality and in the church's, uh, you know, re outreach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I love my Catholic faith and I, and I kind of play a game with myself each day. Like how many people can I talk about my faith with? So, especially like if I have to go to the grocery store, but um, Unbound came about, a friend of mine uh, emailed me and said that uh, Megan Coakley, who's the director of the evangelization for the archdiocese has a team of Unbound prayer intercessors. Um, it's called Queen of the Rosary. And she was looking for prayer intercessors to sit in on sessions with people and just to be a Marian presence for the, the people and to, to pray with them. So I thought that was, that was awesome. I love anything that has to do with praying and, and being involved with the Marian presence. So I started sitting in on some sessions and Unbound is kind of a, um, it's a prayer of deliverance It's happened in their lives that keeps them from moving forward in their spirituality and in their relationship with Christ. Um, and even with their relationship kind of um, enhances like a, a, a confessional type of thing. If there's something that you would like to bring out into the open, anything that has experienced a suffering in your life or a pain or maybe a disattachment that you have or, 
really anything, an, an evil spirit that is attached to us, be free from those, um, you know, lies that the devil tells us constantly about not being worthy or being unlovable. He does a beautiful job as a, as a prayer leader for Unbound. And so my presence was basically just to sit in the, in the room to K2, just spread her mantle. It's been really a beautiful experience. And I've seen a lot of people just come out feeling free to move forward a little bit with their, you know, their walk of faith with, with the Lord. And so much so that, you know, I've gone through the training to kind of working towards that. Um, and so I, I, whenever she sends out a message, she needs a prayer intercessor. I always, always try to make my schedule available for her to do that because it's been a, a blessing for me. And I know it's, it's a blessing for many who go through those sessions. But that Unbound book is just, it's a really great book to have as a resource, even for yourself. I know he's a, he's a local guy. He lives like in Ardmore, I think. Lozano's. Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah. we were, my husband and I were blessed. Uh, I guess it was when the book kind of first came out. And we spent, I think it was a whole weekend where we yeah. had the or several weeks of like mm -hmm. one night a week and then the, the actual weekend. So I'll never forget. Yeah. It. And it's just like soul core. I mean, it's kind of word of mouth and just slowly getting out into the Catholic community and just offering these beautiful resources to, you know, the faithful who are to grow and, you know, become closer to Christ. And that's really. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Thank you, thank you, Nikki, so much for for being here. I know, um, I know you have to go and teach a bunch of little ones uh, in just a few minutes, uh, and it's such a beautiful thing. You're so. Uh, I'm you, actually sitting outside of school right now. I know, I know. So, you're I sitting, <laughs> so, so I know that um, <laughs> you know, and but I, I thank you so much for your time being being here with us, and we'd love to have you back. I think there's so much wisdom. I'm so happy to have. be with you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been beautiful and lovely, and you two are wonderful. And I'm going to be praying for your ministry. Oh yeah. Thank you so please much. Do. Um, yeah. And so no, thank you um, so much. And yeah, I mean, please uh, make uh, Vicky, uh, Nikki, do you want to give us your email uh, one more, one more time so people yeah. can, you know, contact you. Okay. So it's Nikki. N I C K Y at Verna V E R N A.com. That's just my name, Nikki at Verna.com. So just drop me a little note. Let me know that you'd like to be added to my email list. And I'll be happy to put that on there. And you'll receive some information about SoulCore and schedules. Awesome. And Anne, I'm going to go home right now and put you on my list. So please do. I, I look forward to it. I have a class on, on uh, Thursday morning at 10. So maybe, you know, you can pop in. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. You too, Bill. Yeah, a little far. You too. It's a little far. Enjoy the joy of Zoom. You can join from anywhere in the whole world. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, uh, folks, I want to thank um, all of you for listening to us today uh, as well. And know that if you missed anything, uh, I know we had some technical glitches here at the beginning of the program. But if you have any uh, you know, questions or you missed something in the program, feel free uh, to always just email us as well, uh, Sewing hope at patchworkheart.org. Uh, it's that simple. You can uh, email us as well, and you'll be able to uh, get in touch with both Anne and myself uh, and and you know, reach out to our ministry as well. But uh, I, I just want to encourage you to visit our website, patchworkheart.org. Uh, that way you can get the fearless scriptural rosary uh, where we uh, paired the uh, Hail Marys, the 50 Hail Marys in the rosary. We paired them with uh, scripture passages that say, be not afraid and fear not. 
and I encourage you to uh, use that, especially during these challenging times. It's all for free. It's available on our website, patchworkheart.org. Um, but please check out Soulcore uh, and and all the wonderful things that they offer as well. Um, so uh, I'm going to check that out too. I can I can incorporate that into my Soulcore class. <laughs> there beautiful. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, be not afraid. Yeah. Be not afraid. These these uh, these times are certainly uncertain. So that's the one thing that's certain about these times is that they're uncertain, and uh, a lot of <laughs> and a lot of fear and a lot of worry. So. Um, just got to fight against that. Uh, I got to fight against that. Stuff. That's right. So Lord uh, says, be not afraid. You're right. He does. Uh, so folks, uh, thank you so much uh, for, for being a part of our ministry. And as always, uh, I encourage you uh, to just check out all that we do. But until uh, next time from both Anne and uh, myself from the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, from Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Art Ministry, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.